0: What do you think about chatbots? Text me on 2101 because I find them useful and sometimes really not helpful at all. But they are, whether you like it or not, quickly becoming part of how we interact with big businesses, uh, big organizations, from banks to insurance companies to even supermarkets. These companies are using this technology to streamline the process for us, the customer, in a benevolent view. If you're taking a more cynical view, uh, you might think that it is these businesses saving themselves money. But what happens when the advice a chatbot dishes out is actually wrong, just full-on wrong? Who is to blame? Well, a recent case in Canada might give us some idea of how law is unfolding in this area. So to talk to us a bit more about this issue and what we should be doing now to prepare for the chatbot future, I'm joined on the line by Commercial law professor at the University of Auckland, Alex Sims. Kia ora to you, Alex.
1: Uh, hi, So I got your name right.
0: You Thanks. did. Well done. Well I will <laughs> <laughs> have to start answering for you, and um, Alex. First of all, can you please explain what happened in Canada and why is this important to the the wider discussion around chatbots?
1: Okay, so what happened in Canada, there was a person who sadly had a, a, a death in the family bereavement and he had to get a flight you know, quickly and went on and was trying to find out because he was fairly sure that there was a, a special deals, you know, bereavement flight, if that was the case. So went onto the chatbot and was asking that, and The chatbot said, well, you know, if you book the flight and then you've got 90 days um, to um, put your claim in your, and you'll get some money back. And they also sent him a link to the bereavement policy, but he just you know follows the advice as you would from the chat box and then when he went to put the claim in um, that's when the problem started, and Air Canada then turned around and basically said, "Well, we don't give a refund if you' read the policy, it says that you've got to talk to us before you book it so they um, tried to offer I think two hundred dollars, but it was out of pocket for about eight hundred dollars mm. and um Air Canada weren't doing anything. So then he went to the Canadian equivalent of our disputes tribunal mm-hmm. and made a claim there. And the disputes tribunal came down in his, in his favour. But one of the arguments that um, Air Canada made was that they just weren't liable for the chatbot, or they also said they weren't liable for anything that any of their employees said um, as well. And the, um, the referee there was was not amused because that's just wrong right. just wrong in law you can't do that
0: well well uh, let's get into that then so companies are generally responsible responsible are they for wrong information given out by employees
1: yes if it, if it was reasonable for the person to rely upon it um so yes so that's a general so i guess this sort is of the novel bit was does that also then include a chatbot?
0: Yeah, is a chatbot an empl- equivalent to an employee? Because I suppose that it is, right? It's it's It, it might not receive any money, but it, it's, it's doing the duties that an employee otherwise would be doing?
1: Well, yes, and also it's giving advice now. So in New Zealand, um, you know, if you've got an employee who's giving misleading information and you rely on that you know, under the Fair Trading Act and it was reasonable for you to rely on it, then yes, I mean, and also when you think about it rationally, um, the organisation is making the choice of what to do. <laughs> Why should you, as the consumer or customer, you know, you don't, you're not, you don't um, bear the responsibility for the organisation's poor you know, choice of equipment to use.
0: Were you surprised by Air Canada's initial bullish response, denying responsibility here?
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, I'm actually quite pleased they did it because uh, it, it's raised the issue. Yeah. But what they should have done is, yeah, it was their mistake. Pay up, and then go and look to see what's happening.
0: Is um is this tribunal finding is it legally significant? Does it does it have any any precedent that gets set, or or is this just sort of a one off case by case kind of thing?
1: Um, well, it's got no precedent value in New Zealand. Not, of all, course not in
0: New but, Zealand. In Canada, yeah. though?
1: Um, not really. Well, no, no, it doesn't. But it's just a, I mean, it's what I said, it's just a straightforward application of, of the law.
0: Why do you think companies are increasingly turning to chatbots for this customer service? It's just economics, cost savings, do you think?
1: Yes, and also speed, because Mm -hmm. if you think about it, you can have chatbots answering a lot of questions very, very quickly. Whereas if you're waiting for someone to talk to, you know, we've all been on the phone for (laughs) up to hours Mm -hmm. to wait to talk to someone. So it, it, it can help both sides
0: yeah i suppose it's more with the cases that fall in that sort of gray area isn't it where where it becomes deeply frustrating when you can't explain the context to something and it 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 seems to me difficult to see how you could teach an ai chatbot to to do that but of course i i don't know you know i don't know anything about how these things are developed i suppose people cleverer than me are tasked with doing that
1: um they're going to and better. So I heard in your introduction, you know sometimes they're hopeless, you know, ask mm. sort a of question and you think it's a simple question, they come back with all sorts of you know or they or they pass you on, um, yeah you know, the information's not very good. But I did look yesterday at a um, at least, I looked at one New Zealand, which used to be Vodafone, yeah. and it was quite good there because it said, "Look, at any time if you want to speak to a human, press this button." Yeah, which is you know I think that's actually you know quite good. And also, just talking with people, you know, over the years is you know sometimes you don't know whether it is a person or a chat bot, mm-hmm. and I think that is really disconcerting.
0: Do you think consumers have a right to know when whether they're talking to a, a chatbot if they're not if, if it could be reasonably interpreted as either a human or a chatbot?
1: Um, that's a good question um, I mean personally I do think we I don't have about a right but I, I think it's good custom service to know whether um, you are and sometimes I mean I don't do it very often but sometimes I ask are you a human
0: yeah <laughs> but that's just me it, and it's not allowed to lie to you is it it's one of the laws of robotics well, right?
1: Well, it it also, it it depends because there's different type of chatbots. So some of them are just already pre-scripted with, if people ask certain questions, they'll just come back with a pre-written script. Mm. I think it's not clear from the case, but I think this was more of an AI generative one. So they're actually taking the information and repackaging and giving it to you. And Mm. of course, that's where the problems are going to arise, rather than a pre-scripted one, that is just told to come back with um, answers, mm-hmm. as I said, that have been pre-written.
0: A way that some companies try to get around any issues that a chatbot might create is through the use of disclaimers. Um, is there any legal ground that you know disclaimers would sort of waive a company's responsibility for any mischief that the chatbot might might lead a customer into?
1: Okay, so. A disclaimer is when they're trying to say you know, we're not responsible for any you know loss or damage no. or use it your own responsibility. Okay. Well, the law in New Zealand is, no, that doesn't work <laughs> because, you know, if, if you know, often they've got, you know, there's a little, there's a promotion, there's a big poster, a little asterisk down below. It says excludes X, Y, and Z. Well, um, you know, you, you, you form your opinion based on um, what it looks like, and then trying to disclaim it under Fair Trading Act, which is the relevant law that doesn't work. And I, 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 I mean, it hasn't been tested um, this particular issue, but I just don't see how that's going to work um, because it, if it's misleading and people are relying on it, and also, but also then if you think about it, well, what is the point of having this chatbot to answer questions and then, then saying, well, you can't rely on the advice?
0: Alex, how can companies minimise the risk in this space? Because I, I imagine, you know, it's a pretty sure bit, AI chatbots will become more and more ubiquitous. Mm. Uh, is this something that companies should be thinking about, do you think?
1: Well, I think they need to be very, very careful with their use, as we've seen with Air Canada. And just start with simple ones. In fact, I was um, today in a meeting uh, because I'm at the University of Auckland, we're going to be using a chatbot um, to answer some students' questions. I immediately said, what are they doing? Because I've just written this piece. Mm. And, um, and they said, oh, no, it's all right. We've just, again, they frequently asked questions. So I think that um, you know, you've got to use them wisely. Only have them for the most basic questions. And if it's anything more complicated, have that to, say, point the person... To the you know
0: the right page with the information on it, or like with one New Zealand, is to send it to a human mm. to look at. You know, on the broader, you know, m- many chatbots are, are powered by artificial intelligence, as you've mm. as you've been talking about there. And um, I mean, this is separate from the story. I am just curious, but in terms of AI, as a as a university professor, ha- have you encountered much or, or had to think or, or change much in terms of your teaching when it comes to students and the use of AI? <laughs>
1: um, yes i've um I've actually been doing a lot of um of this and helping other people done lots of presentations and yes, we have to change so um you you can't do what i call the old the traditional way of giving students a question and getting them to answer it but um, it, it's just not working so for example i mean i I changed my questions back last year the beginning of last year because mm-hmm. I saw this happening and I was jumping up and down and and um, we've had, you know, this is a big deal at, at university. So even something like I do now, a basic thing is, for example, to give um, the students a question and then give them an answer and part of it is correct, part of it is not correct and then they have to then come back and, and, uh, and say what is correct and why mm. and what is not correct and why. So you, it, it does need a fundamental change and it is really, really challenging and there are you know, quite a few people that say oh well it's okay we just need to teach people how to do prompt engineering so that's when you you're asking the questions mm. of the AI but I keep on saying well no, no. you can only do prompt engineering if people have the background knowledge to know what is coming back is correct and it's and it's really really difficult to do that it is possible but I can um, let's just say it's um, a lot of the academic staff are finding it difficult to change because if they have been Assessing people the same way yeah. for 20 or 30 years, it's quite
0: challenging. Yeah, it's a fascinating, fascinating space. And um, I've really enjoyed talking to you, Alex. Maybe we'll have you back to, to chat about that in a bit more depth some other time throughout the year. But thank you very much for your time this evening. Appreciate it. Okay. That is Alex Sims. Alex is a professor in commercial law at the University of Auckland. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President.